Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Sneakers and Cleats, the podcast. Welcome back to the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. It is Monday, October 2nd, the best sporting month of the year, in my opinion. This is episode 32 of the Sneakers and Cleats podcast, joined by Chuck McAtinick today. Chuck, we had a fun day. We did. We had a fun morning. It's Spurs Media Day, so we had a team over there. But Chuck and I, we were on the uh, All-Star Game Selection Committee for high school football. So that's, that's fun. How many years have you done that so far? I'm not really sure. I don't want to say publicly. <laughs> but I mean, we know you're old. It's fine. Seems, that's true. It <laughs> seems like it gets harder and harder every year, right? I mean, how many times do we have to really, really think to ourselves – we can only pick two, but we know six should be there. Yeah. That was very, very difficult today in a lot of different areas. Speaks to the level of talent that we do have here in the area. It was a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be. This is my first year, obviously, doing it, and it was fun being a part of it, fun being a part of the you know selection process and seeing all the thoughts from and all the knowledge that was in the room with Carl Padilla there and you, know, and you and everybody else that we had. So it was hard to whittle down, but I think we, can't, I think we, had, uh, I think we had some good squads. And SA Sports does a phenomenal job, oh, too, just kind of laying it all out there. We've got bios on everybody. We've got, you know, <laughs> scouting reports on everybody. <laughs> you know, obviously, and everybody in the room pretty much has got eyes on, too. And then, yes, the caveat is we do get free lunch by Waterbury. Yeah, exactly. So hats off to David Castro. I mean, he, he does a fantastic job organizing Indeed. that event and everything. So we'll talk a little bit more about that on Wednesday, you know, when we do the high school uh, episode. But we had a fun day. Obviously, the Spurs had a fun day. Uh, uh, Don was over there. He's not part of the podcast right now because we're film, we're recording at 3:20, and he's got a show in about an hour and 45 minutes. So we got to skip Don here today. But um, episode 32, or yeah, episode 32. So number 32. I feel like number 32 is easy. I do too, and I I hate that I'm going to say that OJ Simpson is the one that comes to mind for me for 32, what? but that's the one that comes to mind. So yeah. the for me the first person that comes to mind is very much to do with my generation is Shaq. Because, I mean, he wore 32 with the Magic. He wore 32 with the Heat. He just didn't wear it with, with uh, the Lakers, obviously, because the rightful number 32, <laughs> Magic Johnson, uh, That's a good one. owns yeah. the number. So, I mean, if you were to say who owns 32 in sports, I don't know how you don't say Magic Johnson. but That's a good one. Is there any others that come to your mind? I don't know why. You know, I'm getting worse at this game the older I get. But like I said, it's... For me, it's the juice, man. When I was a kid, I mean, that guy was the dude. What about Jim Brown? Jim Brown, too. But he was before my time. So that was more read more about it after the great career. Yeah, I mean, there's 32 is a great number. We were talking about, I think it was David and I last Friday. 31's not so great of a number. Like, there's some good ones. But 32, you got like five all-time greats that you can, because I'll die on this hill. Shaq's the most dominant player I've ever seen in my entire life. When he's when he was on, once he battled his way through the through half the season to get in shape, he was the most dominant player I've ever seen. He could just kill somebody on the court. 
Yeah, we got here. a chance to watch him play in high school all the way up, too. So it's hard to argue that. He's from here. I mean, from Cole High School. So someone that Don and you have covered for a very long time. Indeed. <laughs> well, let's get into uh, our rundown, which actually we don't have today. So Chuck and I have had a busy day. We're kind of just winging this one, but we'll, we'll get everything in. We got Spurs. We got Cowboys. We got some Longhorns, Aggies talk. No UTSA, really, because they were off this week. So we'll cover... Uh, UTSA more on Friday uh, when I think it'll be Zach and I on Friday, but we also have some baseball. We're getting into the postseason, the nitty gritty now. The Astros overtake and win on the last last day. What a development, right? I, I mean, mean we you're just talking about happen. that. I just got off a of Zoom with uh, the Ranger rookie Carter, so you know, have a little intel for tonight. Love it, love before it. Before tomorrow, we get things going in the American League wild card races, but. I'm just really, you know, excited for obviously for Ranger fans that their team gets in for the first time since I think 2016. But to have an offensive game like they had the last game of the season, really disappointing. A bunch of batted bats. I mean, in fact, the kid had half of the Ranger hits batting out of the nine hole yesterday. So to go out and lose one nothing and lose a bye, lose home field. I mean, you can go on and on and on. Just Really disappointing for the Rangers, but yet you have to quickly turn the page because, hey, at least you're here. Now you got to go to Tampa, and they beat Tampa four out of the six times they played them this year. So I think that's a series that, you know, the Rangers are going to like their chances, and then with any luck, we'll see the Astros and the Rangers in the ALCS. Yep, got a lot going on today. Let's get to uh, Spurs Media Day. So this is the first time we've seen Wemby since uh, about a, since he came to San Antonio that day. Unless uh, you were in the club. A couple yeah. weeks ago. Right? Yeah, unless you're in the club a couple right. weeks ago. Unless you're on the, at one of the south side bars, really. Right. You know, This is the first time we've really seen him. He said after uh, his, his media press conference and all that stuff, he said he was going to kind of vanish, get off the map for a little while. And he did. He's been kind of out of sight, out of mind for about a month and a half, month and almost two months now. Um, but you see him today. He's, apparently he put on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle, he said. Wow. Uh, he's been practicing like crazy. He went through that phase where he dyed his hair like Jeremy Shohan did. So he seems like he's meshing really well with the team so far. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. I mean, everything that we've seen so far seems like he's amiable, likable, you know, whatever superlative you want to put next to him. He seems, just seems like a nice kid. Yep. So I, I wouldn't expect him to come over here and start throwing his weight around, even though he has put on some weight. <laughs> I mean, he should. I mean, he needs a little right? bit. So, yeah. I mean, he came out looking like a toothpick, so... I mean, no, he he's a still a kid. So, I mean, you know, right. Give him four or five years to grow into his frame. You know, Shaq wasn't always, you know, the, I don't know. Big diesel. <laughs> big diesel. Good way, just good way to put it. Let's play a little bit of the press conferences. Uh, put, put together, you know, a little compilation of all six of, or all five of the players and Coach Popovich. So I'll play that for you right now. And then Chuck and I'll come right back. It was championship or bust. And then last year you said. It was about developing these guys until you can pass them on to the next guy. You just wanted to make them pros. Right. After the draft of a certain player, does that change the expectations going forward? What would reasonably, reasonable expectations be for this season? Uh, as you well know, uh, even when we were uh, set to compete for championships, uh, we never talked about uh, wins, losses, uh, playoffs, 
the only statement I ever made was, we want to be the best team we can be by playoff time. Uh, so I don't uh, talk about expectations with them. It's pretty inherently obvious uh, that we want to win. These guys wouldn't be at this level if they weren't winners, you know, that kind of thing. So I don't think I need to beat them over the head with, uh, we're going to have this goal and this goal and this goal and this goal, uh, like the books talk about. Let's just go play our ass off. Uh, let's compete, obey the basketball gods, respect and love each other, and we'll see where we go. But uh, this might be an answer you like better. Uh, development is great, and all those guys needed it. And they've made some big jumps, even though there weren't a ton of wins, uh, even in the losses, there were some great moments and some real competitiveness on the part of a lot of those guys. And of course, when you had a player uh, with Victor's abilities, uh, you know, your prospects look better. But this year, with development, I think one of the important factors to enhance that development is winning. So uh, winning is as important this year as learning was in the past. So they got to continue to learn, but adding more wins, I think, is uh, appropriate, mandatory, helpful. Yeah, we want to win. I mean, as a competitor, that's all you want to do. You want to. That's why you play the game. That's why it's fun. You want to win games more than you lose. So. That's our goal, for sure. We want to win as many games as we can. Um, take what we learned last year. You know, last year was a rough year. We went through a lot of ups and downs. And, you know, this year, definitely, I, I would agree with that. You know, we want to, we don't want to go through what we did again last year. You know what I mean? So we just want to, we want to be a lot better. And, and we're definitely going to win more, for sure. Well, certainly, we want to watch him develop. But uh, it's the same with, Devin or Calvin or Zach, everybody else. It's uh, so we have two questions so far, and both involve Wemby, uh, and I, I understand that. Uh, but there's a team out there. He's no different from anybody else. You know, he's got to develop and improve uh, knowledge of the game and some of his skills, just like every other player. So uh, fortunately for us, he's he's very coachable. He's very intelligent, and uh, you know that. That's already begun for him, uh, even from the first uh, day practicing for the summer league, uh, just getting used to a different kind of game. So uh, we're watching uh, probably for the next couple of weeks without saying too much of anything to him, just so we understand his idiosyncrasies and uh, the way he plays the game, how his body works, all that sort of thing. You know, we, everybody else, we, we know their game. We know what they do. So we've got to do the same thing with him. Uh, I'm definitely excited. Um, you know, we get, we go into a new building, um, start a fresh leaf, and uh, we know we're ready to work. We've been working all summer. And um, I, I feel like for us, training camp is just going to be another day. We've been going hard for, for, for more, more than half the summer. So um, it's nothing special. We're going to come in tomorrow ready to work. Uh, locked in as always, and you know we get some stuff done. Um, Coach Devin has made a tremendous recovery post his injury last season. What are you most excited to see, maybe new from him, and what should we expect different? I think uh, you know he missed 
a good amount of time last year. And uh, it, it really affected him in the sense that he went to work this summer uh, and was very dedicated. His body is absolutely different than what you remember. Uh, he's much stronger. He's much more aggressive and physical. Uh, he's more confident. Uh, he wants to prove himself. Uh, both as a player and as a leader. He's been very vocal during the summer and demanding of his teammates, uh, that sort of thing. So he's, he's already taken some big steps. Uh, Pop talked about you taking on a, more of a leadership role. What, what does that uh, entail for you? Like, what are you trying to, to do with the team? Truthfully, I'm just being myself. Uh, I don't think I'm doing anything that's out of character. Um, you know, I've been in the league, which is crazy for me to say I'm a vet going into my fourth year. Um, but, you know, we got a lot of younger guys. I'm just trying to, you know, sit there and help them out with whatever. Uh, if it's on the court, off the court, you know, I've been doing a lot of stuff with the team, trying to go to team dinners, trying to do some team bonding stuff, you know, so everybody just likes each other. Everybody knows that, you know, when you're in the heat in the game and, you know, either somebody's getting cursed out or whatever it is, it's not because you don't like them. It's because at the end of the day, you want to push them to be great. I, I think a little bit of both. You know, we've, we've talked about it. I've talked to players individually and that sort of thing. But I think if if we treat it like it's no big deal and you all are going to do what you do and uh, fans are going to do what they do. Uh, but because uh, I know the players and because He's got such high character, and he's used to this. This isn't the first time that he's gotten attention. Uh, I think just handling it organically is better than uh, making decisions ahead of time that we're going to do this and this and this and this and put everybody in boxes. Let's just roll with it and see what it's like. Man, it's just, it's just been so, so comfortable to have people welcome, welcome you like this. and it's, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm very thankful, you know. Uh, I'm very lucky, lucky human. You know, it's, um, uh, yes, ever since I've, I've been in San Antonio, I've gained 10, 15 pounds, so it's, um, that I'm, I'm trying to start there, you know, trying to not add too much too quick. So it's, uh, yeah, we're, we're in a good path, and it's, uh, I was, as I was saying, my conditioning and physical condition have, are way, way better than, any time before in my life, so we're good. I know you've dealt with this your entire life, the fame and, and the attention that heaped upon you, but is there something awkward about coming into a team and, uh, and receiving the most attention more than guys who've been in the NBA before? And kind of how do you smooth that over with the guys? You know, it's, I think pretty quick, the, I, I learned to know my teammates and they learned to know me, so they know, they know, I, don't, <laughs> they know I don't give, I don't, I don't care about it, like, it's, I'm just, I'm here to make sacrifices for them. And it's, I think they're gonna, yeah, when, when, when it's needed, they're also gonna make sacrifices for me. And it's, they know it's, it's different. They know I'm, you know, they, they know it's gonna happen. Of, of course, there's gonna be a lot of attention, but it's, at the end of the day, when everything is done, we're at practice, I'm, I'm like, yeah, okay, what do we do to get this team better? So it's, you know, it's really stuff we don't care about. It's basketball first. Nice. I think the best, you know, I know I can bring some help to this team. And the best way for me to help it, and it's to not put me in a box, I think. So he, he knows it. He, he's learned to, to, to know me. And I'm learning to know him. And it's, uh, yeah, we know we're going to make something 
something original, something special. It was, I guess, 22 years ago now that Tony Parker was brought in as a 19-year-old from France. Uh, how much have you leaned on Tony and talked to Tony about what this experience is going to be like for you? Tony is definitely part of the, the guys who've been giving me advice here and there, and uh, especially since he's, he's lived in, in the city for so long. But it's, uh, it's, it's good to have only, only good people like this, even Boris. Who's uh, really who's with the national team, you know? So it's good to have such good people, yeah, that are here in case I ever need to ask a question. I'm wondering about anything. I know they're here for me. How do you visualize like your rookie season going with your talent? So, you know, I'm not sure I'm I'm, I'm the guy to to ask what expectations we have for this season because I'm. All my expectations are really to learn how to how to win as quick as possible, you know, because there's people, I mean, everyone here except the rookies is more experienced than me. So I'm, I got a, I got a whole lot to learn and I can just turn to whoever really, even the guys who have just two, three years in this league, they I know they got good advice for me and they, they, they have already proven it uh, in, the, in those past months. And it's, uh, you know, I'm, is there anything that really jumped out as like, wow, this is different? Yeah, it is. Well, I think the biggest difference here is back in Europe, since the player, the, back in Europe, I don't think the, like, the whole organizations, like front office, coaches, staff, they don't, they aren't as dedicated to, to make the players and, and to have great ambitions long term. And it's, because sometimes in Europe back there, it's like there's some fights between players and coaches, players in front office. Here, everyone works in, in harmony and everyone is working towards the same goal. I know it's not the same in every franchise, but here, everyone is, I mean, they know how to, they know how to win these. They, they've done it before and they want to do it again. So. Everyone is working towards the same goal, and it's just a beautiful harmony. Hey, Victor, right here. Uh, Vic is so humble. He doesn't let any any of the the hype or the media uh, come into his life, or or I feel like affect him as a person. He's been, um, I mean, he's been outgoing, humble, great, energetic, um, playful. You know, he's he's been he's been great. So, what's the excitement level been like? having Victor in the building and being able to have all of your, your teammates together doing these mini camps and doing these outings and things like that so far? Yeah, it's, it's been great. Um, I feel like there's been a you know different kind of energy. Uh, I feel like everyone wants to come, uh, come to the gym. Everyone wants to learn. Everyone wants to grow. And um, I feel like that's an exciting thing to have, you know, as a young team, as a team, uh, being involved with a team that's won so much in the, in the past, a winning culture. I think that's really exciting. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. Most interesting thing I heard from Co Coach Pop today is there was definitely a renewed focus on winning. He said, like, the last couple of years have been focusing on development with Malachi, with Keldon, with Jeremy, with kind of building the camaraderie. And you could tell, even though he won't say it, and he probably never will, that Jer or that uh, Wemby is that piece that they were missing, there's definitely a renewed focus on winning. So I think, like, last year when you saw a lot of those games that they lost in the fourth quarter and i believe they had the worst fourth quarter point differential in the entire league a lot of those games that they 
tanked, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, they're not going to this year. And you're going to see a lot of those games turn around, turn into wins instead of turning into losses. I think like anything else with this team over the last several years, I mean, there are guys that start, I don't care where you're drafted, you're going to play a lot in Austin before they feel like you've earned the right to get on the court. I mean, and I think that's going to probably be the case. I'm not saying he's going to Austin because I don't know that. Right. But he's probably I not think it's like Austin. anything else. It's you've got to you've got to earn your way on to this coach's basketball court. And he's not going to just hand you the keys to the kingdom without it having been earned. I would be curious to ask Pop what was it about Tim where he showed Pop right away, this is the guy. This is the guy we're building the team around. Everything is going to run through him, and then we're going to just see where this takes us. I don't know that this is going to be necessarily the case with Victor at this point in his career, and I bet it won't be. He, so, said, he said something else today that was weird. The first two questions that happened were about Wemby, obviously. I mean, that's what all the questions are going to be about. Mm -hmm. And after the first two questions, he was like, we heard it in the sound bites that like he's just another player he's not going to be treated any differently than malachi or jeremy and i think we saw and you know this better than i do that when tim and when tony and when manu were here he coached them even harder than he coached the other guys bill belichick historically always coached tom the hardest because you're if you're hard on your uh key players and your stars they're going to then be hard on the rest of the team and take that identity yeah, I think these guys know what they're in for with all of this. I just think it's going to be fascinating to see how it all unfolds because they're infinitely more athletic than they've been. I mean, you could even see it last year. They got twitchy guys, guys that can create for themselves, beat guys off the dribble, and you get enough of those guys around, you know, you can't help but think that this team is going to make a leap this year. To what degree? Obviously, we have no idea, but – you know, I'm curious to see, you know, will they play different when Victor's on the floor? Will they play the same when Victor's on the floor? I mean, there's just so many things that are fascinating to see this time of year. You know, what are we going to get when we're in November? What are we going to get when we're in March and April? You know, I mean, it's that's the fascinating thing about each year, right? And then you add a talent like Victor, who you know automatically is going to show up and play defense, regardless of what you get from him on the offensive end. So... It'll be really, really fascinating to see this slow build to what this could become. Yeah, I think Pop's uh, most quotable part of this press conference today, he said winning is as important this year as learning was last year. So people that thought that maybe this was a fringe playoff team this year, I think that it's gonna even, they might even take a bigger leap than that. I do, too. And, I mean, again, it's just based on what I saw last year, not just from the Spurs. I mean, it's the rest of this league. I just think this league is – I've said this before. This league is waiting to be had. I'm not saying every team sucks, but the ones at the top are really good. But, to me, there's like four or five teams, and then there's the rest. Why couldn't the Spurs be one of those teams that cracks into the top ten? I mean, I, on, on either side of the coin here, Eastern Conference or right. Western Conference. right. Especially with I, I Damian just, Lillard out of that conference now. Right. I mean, I just don't see how it can't happen. It, to me, this is about as much of what I don't see other teams doing. The league doesn't look as there's as much continuity, and maybe it's with all the player movement. I have no idea, but I, I just feel like the league is waiting for somebody to come and do a Denver Nuggets on them where you slow build something, 
you add pieces as you go, and then eventually you're going to break through and win one. Another interesting part of Popovich's um, press conference was someone asked him, when are you going to get tired of the Wemby questions? He said, I am already. <laughs> what a surprise. Uh, yeah, no, surprise, you can't surprise. Have your cake and eat it too, right? I mean, if <laughs> you, want, you want the shine on your organization for all the right reasons, and Victor seems like he's the reason why you would want people paying attention to your team as an individual and as a player. So, you know, I hope you're ready for more because if that's what brings people in, if that's what brings people in that haven't been around for four or five years, then it's it's good for business. Pop was also asked um, about the lineup and who's going to start because obviously you have, I think, almost all of the guys from last year are still on this team. And they didn't bring in very many. They just bought out Reggie Bullock. I mean, obviously, Josh Primo not with the team anymore after his dingling situation, um, his horrible situation, actually. Um, but you have most of the same guys on this team. And so he was asked, like, about starting roles, who's going to get taken out, who's going to get putting in, put in, because obviously we assume Wemby's going to start. And he said, well, basically, if Manu can come off the bench, then anyone can. So not really tipping his hand there. But who do you think, who, if it was up to you, one player to take out of that lineup like show would it be Shohan would it be would it I mean Devin, I know, because Devin I mean, Vassell he, has to be in that lineup I mean I agree he's a hell of a player like, those guys are all really good players but again it's you know Manu came off the bench because they needed some punch when they had the second team in there and you know Manu most times was finishing ball games so you know you're splitting hairs and sometimes maybe it's matchups and maybe they change the rotations around and they're going to experiment like crazy, I'm sure, the first six, eight weeks of the season, maybe longer. I mean, more, that's all yeah. they did last year was experiment. Nothing seemed like there was, you know, any flow or continuity in terms of what they were doing because they were, you know, grading and measuring every single lineup, everything that they yep. were doing. So I really don't know how they would do this. I mean, on the surface, I would think that, Right now, Victor would have to be the guy that's going to have to earn his way into the starting lineup. But again, without the benefit of a training camp or really having, you know, hardcore intel from either the coaching staff or the front office, I mean, it's really, really hard to say yeah, because I mean, they're going to keep everything tight to the vest. You've got Keldon, Malachi, Devin Vassell, Jeremy, Zach, uh, Zach Collins, and then you have Wemby. One of those guys can't be on the court. That's six guys. So... It's going to be weird, but I don't think you. I also don't think you can start Wemby at a center because he's not a center. I mean, he's he's more of a power forward kind of guy. He's more of a four, maybe even a three. One of the things that Wemby said during the presser today was that the best way for me to help the team, and we heard it in, in the bites, best way for me to help the team is to not put me in a box. We know that we're going to make something original. What does that kind of make you think of, that we're going to make something original, well, like I, we're going to have I him play think, everywhere? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's just today's NBA, right? It's like you got a bunch of swing guys all on the court at the same yeah. time you know everybody can run everybody can shoot everybody's super athletic and twitchy and you know that's the way the league is right now you know it's it's not the old days where you had the slow prodding point guard and you know the big guy in the middle i mean the game has really really changed it's a speed game so yeah. i would imagine they're going to do some things to junk it up but you know again even his presence on the court is going to give other guys opportunities too absolutely so i mean we're going to be talking a lot more spurs over the next few weeks and over the next few months because today is the unofficial start of basketball with media days so now we have training camps now we kind of get this thing rolling over the next few weeks i mean i think we're three three weeks from tomorrow 
is uh, day one. So Jeez. It, it comes comes and goes fast, huh? It, it really does. And you're right about October being the greatest time of year, it, right? I it mean, is the greatest month. Yeah. You have football, you got basketball, you got hockey starting, you got uh, baseball playoffs and postseason. You just have everything going on. High school football is in full swing. You usually have rivalries in, in college football, like we're going to see this weekend with the Red River, uh, with uh, uh, OU and Texas. So we got we got everything in the hopper. It's kind of it's. I just love this month. Harvest Moon is out for a reason, bro. <laughs> well, let's get into a little bit of the Cowboys. Um, hell of a game. I mean, they showed once again that they're a dominating force on defense, especially when you're playing a quarterback who doesn't belong on the field with mac jones i i don't think there's anything else we can say about the defense like we know that they're good however i would like to highlight deron bland is a hell of a player yeah when they flashed the stat yesterday on fox that he's got the most interceptions since 2022 that really took me by surprise now i mean remember last year he kind of came on the scene because they had some injury situations when uh, I, th I believe it was when Jordan Lewis went down, but he comes in immediately makes a pick in the first game that he's in. I mean, all he does is make plays. That's kind of what Jordan Lewis was doing too. Everybody would knock the kid, but you look up and he's finding a way to beat you. They've just been very, very fortunate, right? I mean, you lose seven, you lose a lot, but they've got so many good, solid DBs. And Deron Bland just continues to make plays. But, you know, I, I thought the offense played well, too. You know, I mean, that's a very physical, gifted defense that they played yesterday. Obviously, their offense didn't do them any favors and put their defense in a bind a lot. And that yeah. had something to do with the outcome and the final score. But I just, again, it was a, an, an eye-opening performance that they've shown in three of their four games that, it's just hard to win games in the NFL, much less like that. Do you think that that, uh, that fake field goal or fake extra point, do you think that was on purpose or was it a bad snap? I don't know. It looked like they designed it. Yeah, it looked to designed me. to me. Like, it was too fast. Usually with a bad snap, they're fumbling it, and then they have to get up and run. I just I like the fact that if it was designed, why not, right? Put something on tape <laughs> that it. makes somebody <laughs> think about it. There's another part of me It's like, oh, why did you do that now in a game like this? Save that for when you really need well, something. They weren't reinventing the wheel. We practiced that in high school. Like, it's, if there's a bad snap, fire and go, and like you right. have you have the wing go out for to the corner. You have the other one go to and the center. And maybe they've the got zone. some other tricks up their sleeve, and I, I would imagine that they do. But it's just one of those things. Now, if you got to be on high alert, if you're the 49ers or any team that they play going forward, because you just can't take the PAT off. Yeah, I thought the defense played well. Um, obviously, the Patriots probably played their worst game of the entire season. Uh, Zeke, the, the Zeke fanfare was really cool to see how they welcomed him back. I mean, he was a huge part of this franchise for so long that um, giving him the tribute video and giving him kind of that moment, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I mean, I feel like teams do that now all the time, and it's – I hate the virtue signaling and all that, but for Zeke, this was app. I mean, it, to me, it was a shame that he only got four touches yesterday. But – yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before. I mean, what he meant in that room, what he meant around town, what he meant to us in the media, yeah. you know, it's it's legendary. I said it during the show uh, when I was filling in on Friday that he was a lot of his teammates' favorite players, but he was the media's favorite player as well just because he was always available for a soundbite. Win, lose, or draw, but mostly lose. Let's be honest. I mean, you don't need a soundbite when they win. Everybody likes to talk. Right. It's when you lose, 
that's when you really need the guys to step up. That's why you like Terrence Steele so much, too, right? I mean, you know, oh, at least Terrence will talk to me. <laughs> All right, well, let, let me get to the bad of the performance from yesterday. I mean, you don't, there's not a lot of bad when you have a 38-3 right. to three win. Their offense is still not good. Like, one of five in the red zone. Again, their red zone issues are going to bite this team in the ass because they suck in the red zone. I thought they made some strides. I mean, the first touchdown pass to CD was just outside the red zone. And again, I mean, they're 8 of 15 on third down. They didn't turn the ball over. They did allow three sacks. But again, you still have moving parts up front. I don't know. I mean, I think it's just hard. You're not going to score every single time you're down there. Yes, they're not perfect. But while they figure it out, it sure is nice that they're getting these kinds of results three out of the four weeks of the season. And I, you know, McCarthy's talked about this before they measure the season every four games, right? So if somebody would have told you with as much experimentation and as much learning as there goes into the NFL for these teams, the first month of the season, because of how limited you're allowed to practice nowadays to come out of this three and one, I, I think they're only going to get better. I mean, that's a hell of a good way to start the season. And they built up a lot of equity because games are going to get tougher. Everybody else is going to get better. And then you get talk about the attrition too. I mean, they're not great yet. They're pretty darn good. But though. Chuck, let's be honest. Look at the four teams they've played. Patriots don't have a quarterback. The Cardinals aren't aren't good. They're probably in the bottom fourth of the league. The Jets don't have a quarterback, and the Giants put on the worst performance we've ever seen a Brian Dable uh, coach team per, put on. They haven't played anybody, and their offense hasn't looked good. They can't run the ball. Tony Pollard has been a supreme disappointment this year so far. You have um, Kevontae Turpin, who had half of their rushing yards on one play yesterday. They can't run the ball. They can't score in the red zone. And this weekend, when they play the Niners, that's you're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to play as badly on offense as they have played and beat the 49ers in Santa Clara. Something tells me that a lot of time was spent this year, or this offseason, I should say, on the San Francisco 49ers. Let's just see what happens on Sunday night. I, I know why well, I shouldn't say I know. I have a hunch the way McCarthy looks at things during the offseason. I, I think we're going to see, at least that's my, my hunch, that we're going to see something a little different in Santa Clara on Sunday night. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers killed him in that game. I, I really wouldn't. I would be willing to bet that that will not happen. <laughs> I, I just have, again, it's there. there's a trend with them and the Cowboys that I think probably gnarled on McCarthy. And, you know, knowing how he approached things in Green Bay were the most important things, obviously, are the division and how much they worked extra in the offseason, breaking down their opponents in the division. Because if you win all those games, you're pretty much guaranteed going to the playoffs. I have a feeling that the 49ers were one of those teams that they really spent a lot of time dissecting in the offseason, and I'm not going to be a bit surprised if they unleash the fury on Sunday night. I agree that the Niners, that they've spent a lot of time on the Niners, and they, but the Niners have their number. And I don't want it to sound like, I don't want to be like Don right now and be the wet blanket on a great performance, but you have to look at this holistically and as a whole – they haven't put together a complete game yet. We're five games into the season. They've played the worst of the worst, and now you're going to go up against the best of the best, probably the best or second-best team in the entire league. This is where you prove if you're in that conversation or you're not. Right. And 
I'm with you on that. They haven't showed me yet that they're in that conversation, despite kicking the crap three out of four times out of the worst teams in the league. It's hard to get – I'll say this again. It's hard to win in the NFL. And it's even harder to win like they're winning. So, I mean, it's – after a win like that, I think, you know, it's – we can always revert back to what they may or may not be doing in the red zone. I get it. I'm I'm with you. I think they should be better in the red zone too. They would probably tell you that they need to be – Yeah. Their standards are a lot higher. I think Dak said as much. We'll just see what happens Sunday night. I'm curious because, again, it's either way. Even if they kick the crap out of the 49ers there, it's just – the, the bottom line is it's just week five. So I mean, it's week five, but that's that's that and the two Eagles games are the two are the three most important games on their schedule. So, the, But the, the key is win enough to get to the postseason. Hopefully you've done enough to get home field for all of it. But, man, again, what they look like right now, they're going to look totally different at the end of the year. I mean, they haven't had their offensive line whole all year. What's going to happen? How much better in the red zone are they going to be when all those guys are finally back? I mean, again, this tale has yet to be written, and you would hope that a team is much better in week 16 or 17 than they are in week three. But you look at – so they look at things in quarters in the mm-hmm. NFL. I mean, you, yeah. your first quarter of the season, you were 3-1. and one. You should have been probably 4-0 oh with the just looking at the teams on the schedules. Your next quarter of the season's difficult. You're at the Niners. You're at the Chargers. Then you have a bye. Then you're home to the Rams, who are much improved. And I think it will have Cooper, should have Cooper Cup back by then. Are a very good team. And then you're at the Eagles. Like you have three of your four toughest games on your schedule in this quarter of the season. So we're gonna see in Week Nine after that Eagles game who this team is and who they're not. I agree, but I mean this is. You know, you weren't going to win all four games more than likely. I mean, there's only been one undefeated team in the league. I mean, look at the Eagles yesterday. The Howell kid for Washington looked like he'd never played quarterback in his entire life the week before, and he's the guy that's rallying him down the field at the end of the game and then sending it into overtime. I mean, it's just that's the way it is in this league. The other guys, even though they've got warts too, are pretty damn good. It's true, and it's true. And like I said, I – well, like I said last week, I thought that the game against the Cardinals was a bad sign because they have fundamental issues. However, don't don't get me wrong. The Cowboys are a very good team, and I think they're the top, probably the top three team in the league or in the in the conference outside of the Eagles and the Niners. I just think that the Niners are so much better than everybody else that it's hard to even put a put the Cowboys in that conversation, especially since the Niners have beaten the Cowboys yeah. every single time they've played through the last oh, what, yeah. five, they've six times. Oh, yeah, they've gotten the Cowboys' attention. There's they no got their question number, about man. it. So that was that's our Cowboys talk today. I mean, I think that we're impressed. I think that we're looking forward to a good game in the game of the week this week. Yeah, I mean, right. this is going to be a hell of a matchup. And, and both teams can prove a lot, so we'll see. Let's get to some uh, Longhorn. We had Longhorns. We had Aggies this weekend. Longhorns went ranked-ranked against Kansas uh, ended up pulling off a pretty convincing win. I mean, Quinn Ewers continues to impress me in, in that matchup. Yeah, you know, I was looking at my ticker on that game. It was 20-14, to 14, and then I had to go do some stuff, and then I saw a young man at Jersey Mike's, and he had a Longhorn football T-shirt on. Like, hey, did they end up winning that game? He's like, oh, yeah, we won going away. It's like, okay, cool. I, I didn't see or hear how it ended, yeah. came to be. But, yeah, Kansas, obviously, Texas has had their problems with them historically off and on. And then they're 4-0. I mean, Texas has beaten some pretty good players. And even though it's happened late, you can't discount any of that. I was a little surprised that the AP didn't move them up into number two because, I mean, you know, Georgia. Georgia hasn't looked good. Right. 
and you know, A and M really dominated Auburn the week before, and I thought, well, you know, okay, Auburn's Auburn quarterback, and this they, week. yeah, and then I was mostly intrigued watching that, thinking, okay, maybe A and M isn't as bad as everybody says that they are, and clearly they're not because that was another hell of a win for them. So again, I think the thing that surprised me most was the AP rankings and. Texas has earned the right to be number two, in my opinion, based off of what Georgia hasn't done. Yeah, and this week against Kansas, Kansas lost their quarterback really early in that game. So Jalen Daniels. Uh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, they lost him really early in the game. So, you you know, it was like kind of a an iffy. I don't know if you can read too much about the, the Texas win there. But the thing with Texas, like I said last week, every single week they're coming in and they're not they're not playing with their food. They're coming in and they're housing people and they're living to tell the tale. This week, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. They're playing OU this week in a, I think it's a top 15 matchup. I think OU is in the top 15. It's going to be, that's going to be a hell of a game. Yeah, OU's ranked 12th, I 12th, believe. They yeah. moved up. So, yeah, I mean, again, they're taking on another unbeaten team. Even Texas played Wyoming, right? I believe Wyoming was unbeaten at the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to be able to get up for these games each and every week, and then again, this is another embrace the hate game, right? I mean, they're, they're, this game always has been embrace the hate. But now, I mean, OU's coming in. It's not like they've not been winning. So, again, if Texas can pull this one off again, I mean, if they pull off another win against another unbeaten team, how the hell can you not move them up? In this, and, it's, and it's a huge matchup rankings. for both teams, too, because the, yeah. the Aggies are playing Alabama this weekend in, uh, in College Station. If, if the Aggies win that game, you still win the SEC West. I mean, the SEC West can be had right now. With Ole Miss beating LSU uh, this past weekend, the Aggies beating Arkansas this past weekend, Alabama's not as good as we all thought they would be. But Missis and Mississippi State isn't very good. Let's be honest. They beat uh, Alabama, lost or beat at Mississippi State this weekend, and Mississippi State, R.I.P. Mike Leach. They're not very good, and so you have this game now with the Aggies getting to an Aggies conversation. Can they beat Alabama? Can they get into the top 25 again, well, even without Connor Wegman? Can they? Yes. I mean, that's that's the caveat, right? I mean, you are going into this game with your backup quarterback. But having said that, Max Johnson has sure shown a lot of maturity. And, you know, this is the guy that's the first one in the facility, the last one to leave, team guy, talks to everybody. I mean, he has intangibles that will help galvanize a locker room. I mean, for him to do what he did coming in cold two weeks ago against Auburn, where their offense was sputtering and they went right down the field and scored, they went right down the field and scored, and that essentially, you know, then A&M kind of managed the game from there as they should. I mean, obviously, you're already down one quarterback. Right. You sure as hell don't want to lose another one. Right. But they're a fascinating team because now A&M's starting to tackle better. Now you can tell that – you know, they're more into it because these are conference games. The games are bigger. There is more at stake. So I just think it's fascinating to see a team switch. That's what I would expect UTSA to do this week, too. I mean, these games mean more. Your whole season, I don't care what it's looked like prior to conference play. Once conference play, that other stuff doesn't matter anymore, just like with the high schools we see every week. This is such a crazy week for high school or for uh, college and pro football teams for Texas. Texas has Oklahoma. Uh, in Dallas, I think, is where they're playing. The Aggies have Alabama in College Station. You have uh, the Cowboys, who play the Niners, and then you have UTSA, who starts their is going to be in their first ever conference game in this in this conference. So it's such a huge week for 
all Texas teams that we really care about. Yeah, you got to love it. I mean, it's why we watch, right? Plus, you got the postseason starting for baseball, which we're going to get to mm-hmm. right now. Mm-mm. What I told you guys when they were coming out of the All-Star break is that Texas didn't have enough. It came down to the final day, but I ended up being right. I mean, Texas, the Rangers just did not have enough in the tank to hold them off. No, it speaks to what the Astros are, though. I mean, you can change the names, you know, win differently every year. I mean, they didn't look like world beaters down the stretch either. But, you know, again, there's a lot of moving parts. Texas has gotten banged up. Houston banged up but gotten healthy but still dealing with injuries. It's just going to be a fascinating postseason. Again, what the Astros do and have done since 2017 is absolutely stunning because it's like what? You've got Verlander. You've got Altuve. You've got Bregman. And McCullers is out. But the rest of these guys are, you know, over the last six years are fairly new to the scene. And yet here they are again (laughs) with a week off and an automatic punch in to the ds gotta love it it's crazy and then the rangers by virtue of losing that game have the worst draw like i wouldn't want to play the rangers or the the rays excuse me well i mean again i think we got to salute the rangers too because there are a lot of people that didn't think they were going anywhere this year and they had their hands on the division for most of the year and then josh got hurt and you that know, really changed everything, mi- didn't it? Evaldi missed a lot of time. You trade for Scherzer, he's out, but maybe he comes back because that's the kind of guy he is. So, you know, it's it's just baseball. You know, I know everybody was castigating the Astros for losing to the A's and losing to the Royals, but those teams were playing with nothing to lose, and you know, guys that were playing for their contracts next year or maybe playing for the right to play in those same uniforms. It's just baseball. This is what happens. So now let's see. What happens when you condense? Because it's like you you need three starters, yes, but now the Rangers, they can put some of these starters in middle relief. You know, you, there's a way you can beef up in a short series. Their and bullpen with any is luck, so bad. The Rangers' bullpen yeah. might be the worst in the league. It's horrible. Well, I mean, everybody's been getting hit hard lately, it seems like. Although yesterday they pitched their ass off. So, you know, again, you just don't know what's going to happen. And, again, they won four out of the six games against Tampa coming off a sweep the last time they played them. Of course, that was in Arlington. They did lose two out of three at the Trop, but it's it's why we watch. I can tell you, you have no idea. The thing that would concern me the most is that Tampa's been there, done that. Yeah, Tampa, Tampa has been, I'm not going to say the best team in the league all, all season because they haven't been, the Orioles have been, uh, which hats off to the Orioles. And first of all, first and foremost, like the Orioles and what they've done and what they've yeah. built – is something that every um, every organization should aspire to do. They have built something that is sustainable, that has a culture, that has everything that you want. So hats off to the Orioles, first and foremost. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, with the Rays, though, what they've done similarly, but yet over a longer period of time is very Spursian. You know, yeah, I mean, the fact you have limited resources, this is how you're going to do your job. It's you're always planning for the next man up, and you plan accordingly but you got to draft well, and certainly Tampa has done that because you know as soon as those guys are up in seven years, they're gone. Well, the Rays continue to do more with less, as they always have. But this season especially, they're playing a team. They're playing like – it seems like they're playing a team that is the anti-Rays, you know? Like 
the Rangers don't have a lot of developmental guys on their team besides Ezekiel Duran and, and, and Josh uh, and Josh Young and all that stuff. They have guys that they've bought. Corey Seager, uh, Jonah Heim, uh, uh, Marcus Simeon, thank you. I mean, and then all the big pitchers yeah. that they have. Martin Perez is now yeah. coming back. Nathan Ubaldi. Yeah. Nathan Ubaldi. I mean, yeah. you have all these guys that you've bought and you've told to come here, basically. And then you're playing the Rays, who are basically an, a, an entire farm system team that has just come up together, has that camaraderie, loves each other, does all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be – it's kind of a fascinating dynamic seeing what series this is going to be. But it's going to – I'm going to be hard-pressed to see if the if the Rangers can pull this off. Well, it's a short series, right? I mean, three You've games got, now, it's, right? It's the best of three, and all three are in Tampa. So the odds are stacked against them, but – it's a hitter-friendly park. You don't have to deal with shadows like they had to deal with late in that game yesterday. So I think there's a lot of things working in the Rangers' favor. They do have a lot of guys, veterans that have been there, done that. You know, you get a guy like Robbie Grossman or Jankowski, guys that have been, you know, bench guys that can come in and at least be good teammates and you know kind of show guys what they need to do or how to prepare and Simeon's played in some big ball games especially when he was in Toronto late in season you know obviously you got your shortstop who's won a World Series so I I just wish you know Seager's wrist wasn't he just got drilled a couple days ago I don't think he's 100% based on what I saw yesterday with his at-bats I mean you know but again it's only going to take one series and it's probably going to be some guy that we have no idea who it is that's going to be the hero, and that's that's what's so great about postseason baseball. So looking at the looking at the bracket, you got Rays, Rangers. Who wins? Well, I'll be a homer. I'll go Rangers. All right, I'm gonna go with the Rays. You got Blue Jays, Twins. Who wins? Oh man, the freaking Twins have really been swinging it. Uh, I'll go, and I hate to say this because I love the Blue Jays. My heart's telling me to take the Twins. I'm therefore going to go with the Blue Jays because you never trust your. I'm heart. also going to go with the Blue Jays. I okay. thought you were going to. I thought we were going to be. A, I I separate I almost did, but I'm I'm learning to trust not my instincts. <laughs> your instincts are pretty good. No, no, no. I, lately, I feel like they've they've not been a, they've not been right. They go exactly with the opposite of what you think. All right, so we're going to go Blue Jays in Houston, seven game series. I'll go with Houston. I'll go with Houston as well. And then, so for you, you're going to go Rangers, Baltimore. I got to go with the O's right now just because yeah. I feel like that team of all the teams in the American League feels like they're the best to win it all, although their closer is now out for the year. I'll so. I'll, I'm going to go Tampa over the Orioles. So I'm going to go Houston and Tampa. And you have, you also have Houston and, and you have Houston and the O's. So who gets to the World Series? I don't know how you can pick against the Astros at this point. Really? I mean, yeah, I mean, again, it's – I feel like you're going out on a limb just because they're there. Somebody let them in. They've earned their way, of course. But, you know, the Mariners could have done something about this. The Rangers could have done something about this. Now they get a week off to rest up, set their pitching lineup. I, I know Baltimore <laughs> does too, but – I like the way the Astros competed against the Orioles. The Orioles played pretty well in that series, too. I mean, what a hell of a ALCS. I'll say I agree. I think it's the Astros making it to the World Series out of the, out of the American League. So 
Let's just go through the other one real quick before we wrap up. All right. Diamondbacks, Brewers. I'll go with the Brewers just because the Diamondbacks really laid an egg against the Astros. Like, they just didn't hit the ball at all. All right. I'm going to go with my heart instead of my head on this one, and I'm going to say Diamondbacks just because that group of lug nuts is so fun to watch. I love watching yeah, Corbin Carroll. Yeah, and it's cool how they flipped the, the script here pretty quickly. Yeah, and I, I love uh, Tori Lovello. He used to be a Red Sox uh, guy. I just I love Tori Lovello. I've interviewed him a couple of times when I was in school. He's a great dude. Corbin Carroll's a beast. I'm just going to go with I'm okay. gonna, I know I'm probably going to be wrong, but I'm going to go with them anyway. Uh, Marin, or sorry, Marlins, Phillies. Boy, that's tough because – I think the Marlins have got gamers. I'm telling you, I, I was pissed at the Astros when they didn't re-sign Yuli, and look where Yuli is. Right. He goes to crappy Miami, and where's Yuli? There's some <laughs> guys that just, they, there's some sort of oozing effect of their DNA. Just when it, they walk into a room, you feel like something good's going to happen. Yuli is that guy. Washed up, whatever, last year with the Astros, not doing anything, gets to the playoffs, what does he do? Yeah. When the lights come on and they're the brightest, I'll, I'll go just because of Yuli. I think they've got you know decent pitching. Their defense scares me a little bit, but we'll go with Miami. I That's how I went too long on them. <laughs> but oh, I love Yuli. Whoa, love Yuli. Breaking news: Before we get to the rest of this, San Antonio Spurs guard Devin Vassell has agreed to a five-year, hundred and forty-six million dollar extension. In for the long haul. Vassell lands the rookie scale extension as part of the 2020 draft class, solidifies nice. him as a Spurs cornerstone. Very That's nice. huge. That's I, huge. They I, they love Devin. Well, clearly. They, they, yes. well, they, we knew that before. Yes. Though. They've loved Devin for a long time. Well, I mean, again, it's does he pass the eye test? 100%. And he's one of those guys you were thinking last year, why don't we see this guy more, right? But they've had a plan, and so far the plan is working pretty well. well so good for him. What do you think that says about – where they land on this team as currently constructed as well. Because handing someone $30 million a year, is that's no, that's nothing to sneeze about. Well, in this day and age, that's a pretty club-friendly contract I mean, in a lot of regards. I mean, right? yeah, but that's the max he could get yeah. right now with the, with how young he is. So, yeah. Oh, good on him. I take the money. That's why it kills me with these baseball players that are turning down $100 million contracts because they think they can get 160 or 170 It's like somebody offered you – like what planet are you living on if somebody's going to offer you $100 million that you wouldn't take it? I just can't believe – I can't believe they did that right now. Like actually I can because me media day was earlier today. So they did, they did media day and now they're going to uh, announce yeah. the contract. They're very, very Spursian <laughs> of them, yes. I love that. It's so yeah. funny how they operate. Yeah. Um, Devin Vassell being a key cornerstone with Wemby is exactly what this team. Well, needs. I mean, again, you just you're setting it up, right? Now you know two guys that are going to be here. So, yeah, next year when Shohan comes up, and or two years from now when his contract comes up, you're going to sign Jeremy again. We got to get back to the baseball, dude. You totally pivoted. I'm so sorry. Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted it out. <laughs> of course he did. He he knew we why, were recording. Why, why do why does the NBA need any reporters? They, they don't. It's just Woj. They don't. It's yep. just Woj. And Shams. <laughs> Woj and Shams, and then everybody else right. is kind of sitting on the outside. All right. Well, sorry. Sorry, America. Um, <laughs> let me get back to baseball real quick. So, congratulations to Devin Vassell. Yes. Um, well earned. So, we had, so, I got the Phillies against the Marlins. Okay. I, whoever it is, I don't care. They're going to lose to the Braves. It doesn't matter. I don't either, because I like, I like Turner from the Phillies. He's one of my all-time faves, so. They're going to lose to the Braves regardless, though. You have the Marlins losing to the Braves? I, you know, I like the Braves a lot, but – they're banged up a little bit, so yeah, I'll go with the Braves. I think that Ronald Acuna is 
the most fun player to watch oh in baseball. Oh my gosh, you know what the year that he had is his story. Seventy right? and forty, like right. How crazy is that? that? Unheard of. So in this day and age, to steal seventy bags, yeah, it's that doesn't even compute. People keep. I, I'm so pissed off at people too. Just to go off on a slight tangent. People who are saying that the base size is really what did it and that Ronald Acuna didn't steal these 70 bags and he wouldn't have done it last year. Like, shut up. Yeah. Just shut up. Yeah. Like, you're so annoying. Stop taking the fun out of everything. Like, dude just stole 70 bags. Get over it. Right. I mean, on a day and age where every catcher is super athletic and twitchy and get the ball. These dudes have freaking cannons. Yeah, from home to second in less than a nanosecond i hate i hate when people disparage guys because of rule changes like yeah he just took advantage of the system and stole 70 bags yeah why why isn't everybody else stealing 70 bags like right go away yeah uh dodgers against you have the brewers i have the diamondbacks i'm I'm gonna take the dodgers 100 i'll try to bet against the dodgers too i mean they've got everything you need dodgers braves oh my heart tells me dodgers my head tells me braves Okay, I'll, I'll go. I'll go Braves. My heart tells me Dodgers. My head tells me Braves. Okay, I'll, I'll go with the Braves. <laughs> um, God, they're so good. I'm gonna go with the Braves just because I. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm gonna go with the Dodgers because I think that the Braves pitching is gonna bite them in the ass. Uh, plus, I like Alex Anthopoulos, the GM for the Braves. He yeah, helped build those Blue Jay teams. You're day. so funny when you, you're like, you know, I really like their GM. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. No, I mean, he's, he's a friendly guy. <laughs> a, he's a real human. And he's everywhere he's gone, everything he's touched has turned to gold. So, All right. So, Braves, Strohs. I think at that point I'd have to go Braves. Okay. So, you're taking the Braves to win the World Series? Yes. I would have. I hate that I am because I know that it's not going to go down that way. <laughs> I would have Dodgers, Strohs. I'm going to be curious a week from now to see how wrong we were in the first round. That's going to be we'll play you know, it back. I, we'll be lucky if we're 50-50. We'll play it back because that's how beautiful <laughs> baseball is. Because that's how if beautiful predict, predictions are. Yep. Uh, right. I'm going to take. Uh, I don't want to take. The, I'm going to take the Dodgers. Okay, uh, that's fair. I mean, I'm going to take the Dodgers to the World you. Series. So that is all we got for you today on Sneakers and Gleets podcast. We will see you back here on Monday. Remember to. Rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review, give some five-star rating, give some feedback. Feedback is a gift. I'm surprised I have this memorized. Usually I read off of my rundown, but we don't have a rundown today. So I'm really trying to not mess this up. We'll be back on Wednesday. It'll be, maybe it'll be, I think it'll be Chuck and me and probably Zach on Wednesday, but you know, TBD. Uh, We have our great TNL matchup this week. Finally get to see Steel in person, our third ranked team in our TNL top 10 and New Braunfels unicorns one of the best mascots in, in our area right i just got off the phone with coach signs over at steel and i said you got anybody going to college he goes i'll send you the list <laughs> <laughs> well and we also uh, we just ridiculous did ridiculous amount like he's like I, I honestly goes i have a list i'll email it to you because I, we'd be here for an hour that's awesome well i we need to see the list because yeah. that that list is going to be great i talked to coach signs tomorrow uh at 10 o'clock i think i have an interview with him and then 9 30 i'm talking to coach over at new Braunfels, and so i'm excited i love getting to talk to the coaches beforehand especially because these two teams are really good yeah and i tried calling coach mangold today but there was something goofy with my cell phone working like i tried calling his cell user error. it went straight to freaking back to my computer and then I, so I thought, well, maybe maybe he changed his phone. He didn't want to be calling him. That wouldn't be the first time. So I called the <laughs> school, and the same thing happened. But 
He really just doesn't want to talk to you. Yep. I'm sure that's what it is. All right. No, well, let's get out of here. We'll see you back here on Wednesday on the Sneakers Cleats podcast. Congratulations to Devin Vassell. We'll be right back.